Rise and Climb with Anna as I share stories of hope and healing through hardship to help you overcome the obstacles you face today. Whether you are a teen, single adult, parenting, or just simply learn best through stories, this podcast will keep you inspired to answer to the call to rise and climb to any occasion life throws at you. Enjoy. All right, everyone. Today's guest is Natasha, who you've heard her talk about her and her family's story leaving Ukraine and going to Romania and not sure where they would go. Well, today her husband, Sergey, joins us. I did get his name messed up a little bit, but I'll forgive myself. Anyways, the connection is a little choppy at times. So if you notice anything, it's not your computer or device, but we do we are able to go through it and pick up the words again. This interview picks up with Sergey, Natasha, and I talking about the recent events of her father's death in Croatia just three months ago. So I hope you enjoy. Please stick around until the end. It's my favorite Rise and Climb story about how in the midst of a really hard situation, God can just show up and be with us. So please enjoy. That was a quick change of events, right? Yes. It was It was very unexpected. Uh, when we came in Croatia, uh, it was end of March. Yes, and he was saying that he doesn't feel well, and we thought maybe it's something minor, but I was insisting on uh, having the doctors take a look, and they did the ultrasound for my dad. His name was Pavel, Pavel, like Paul, Mm -hmm. Uh, and they found a tumor, cancer tumor of his pancreas, so in four months, he was just gone so yeah. it's, it's we're still grieving today actually uh it's 11th of december and it has been three months since he wasn't mm-hmm. with us but yeah so there are the people that were the closest with him you know but i got mm-hmm. used to him also if i can say that you know he was very uh what is energetic always and the strange thing he was always pro-life pro-health you know he was keeping us in eating healthy food you know and watching our diet watching our diet not eating after seven all of that you know so we're still like walking what would jesus do what would pavel do you know uh <clears throat> talking about that because and he was he was a minister you know all his life he was um serving young people he was a youth leader for many years and he has a good inheritance here even on earth so many people know him and remember i i believe they will remember him as a godly man and he was a great example mm-hmm. of being a faithful servant yeah he was uh, he was studying in youth ministry when he was what age uh, 57. 57. Wow. He started, he graduated uh, from Youth Ministry International. It was a big part of his life. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he was helping us in ministry a lot. Yeah. So to have father-in-law in your church, it's a it's a unique situation, but as a minister, yes, but but it, it worked well for yeah. a lot of time. But he has his strong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> On many things. <laughs> you know the difference between in-laws and outlaws? No. What is it? Outlaws are wanted. <laughs> <laughs> See? Um, 
that's a good one. But but that's the reality. You know, you grieve the good, the annoyances, and all that it brings. But they bring annoyances because they're alive and they're part of your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's it's such a bittersweet you know knowing that he's with christ and in heaven it's amazing Mm -hmm. but obviously sad and considering all the other circumstances this past year last time that we had left off we we met petri then we got to meet natasha from that she was able to share her story now she has uh no it's sir sergio sergio how how would how should i say it you want sergey sergey I'm okay with Sergey. Yes, okay. Sir. I was yeah. way off. I'm <laughs> Sergey, if you could introduce yourself a little bit about your story, how you came to know the Lord and how mm-hmm. you came to become a pastor. And then yeah. obviously you guys were on, you know, a track and then life was completely disrupted by leaving Ukraine. And so we did hear this story from Natasha's viewpoint. I'm sure as a father and a pastor things you processed very differently or maybe similarly because you guys are you know together in the the ministry but yeah just if we could start off with getting to know you a little bit um Hmm. your childhood and what led you to being a pastor Uh, okay so a long story short um i grew up i grew up in a family of unbelievers Uh, my mom and my father they were unbelievers uh and uh, they were both engineers working in Soviet Union times, and uh, but they were okay with uh, other people believing in God because my father he was from pastors pastors family, mm-hmm. and it's an interesting combination because uh, in Soviet Union times this idea of children being from pastoral family and not and being not those who are attending church is a uh, it was normal for for many pastoral families because uh, if you would take your child to a church, uh, often this was the end of the career for your child because then uh, he would not be able to go and study uh, because he would be alienated or alienated. How do mm-hmm. you say alienated from yeah. good education? Mm-hmm. So, uh, alien. Yeah, that's the third. Anyway. Uh, my father, he uh, he believed in God, but he did not go to church. And I grew up in a family where sometimes I would see my father drunk. It wasn't like a big uh, orphan thing happening, mm-hmm. but this was something that was happening. But uh, in my life, my grandparents, they were my uh, witnesses. They were those who were bringing me to the Lord, especially my granny, Hannah. Her name was Hannah, and she... Uh, just passed uh, away maybe eight years ago and she mm-hmm. lived to 92 but she was praying for me all my life and uh, I remember her taking me to church since I was little and my mom and my father they were okay with that and this was like a home church because it was still the end of the Soviet Union persecutions were still there but they were not so strict so they mm-hmm. were gathering in uh, house, and I would hear my grand grandfather preaching, and uh, I would uh, listen to the word, and sometimes I would read the word out loud. This was a traditional part of the churches, and even till today. 
anyway, uh, I remember the first experience with the Bible. I loved the Bible, not because what I heard, but because what I smell. <laughs> it sounds strange, but uh, the Bible for children, uh, it was, it had this distinct uh, typography smell that I love to smell, you know, uh, <laughs> since I was little. And I, I was just looking at the pictures and enjoying uh this book, you know, and eventually when I grew up and I became older, I started to understand more and more. And till certain moment, I was thinking with my childish faith that God will allow me to go to heaven because my grandfather is a pastor and because I have this relationship, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the pastor. And the day has come when basically I realized that, no, this is not how the grace works. I have to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And uh, I was, it was, it became very hard for me to come uh, and publicly confess uh, Jesus as my savior, because, uh, you know, everyone in the church was looking at me as the faithful attender for a long time, and they all thought I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. And right now, looking back, I could say to those who are from the families of believers, uh, children are facing very similar issues it's hard for them to confess that they also need to repent mm -hmm. uh, so i i had my time with the lord before i come came publicly uh, to repentance uh, i probably repented 20 times on my pillow you know <laughs> and asked god yeah. to forgive me because no one really taught me that this is enough you know uh, because it was soviet union times um the public confession of faith was prohibited because KGB agent would be sitting in the church and watching you, and then pastor would be in trouble if he calls people to repentance. So, uh, long story short, I, uh, when I was 14, in one of the small groups, Bible studies, I uh, prayed and I asked the Lord uh, to enter my life, even though this was like 20 first time yeah. i did that <laughs> so i'm i'm sure we have a relationship with jesus yeah uh, and after that you know god started doing some miraculous things in my life um and uh, it's about my calling to uh, pastoral ministry um since can you was, can you name a specific or uh, you know some of the times that you knew it was the lord and miraculous yes yes um for example uh one of those first moments that I recall in my mind was the moment when I saw the first American missionary who came to our church. To Ukraine. To Ukraine, to yeah. the west part of Ukraine. And yes. How old were you? I was about 13 uh, uh -huh. years old. It was even before I came to the Lord, you know. And uh, he came, and I don't remember his name. I don't remember what he was preaching that day, but he was the first American missionary that I ever seen in my life. He was like the alien, you know, <laughs> came to a different planet. And uh, I just remember he was big, and I remember yeah. he, everyone was amazed because of the size of his foot or feet, you know. <laughs> yes. because, you know, they were saying, like, you know, uh, we never heard about this size of the feet, you know. And, <laughs> anyway, at the end of the service, you know, I was in Sunday school with kids and uh, helping there with, uh, with teachers. He was coming down uh, from the second floor and we kids, we were standing in a corner like uh, 10 or 11 of us. And we were um, 
watching him with amusement, you know, like, wow, look, real American, we can touch him. And then uh, he, when he kind of came close to us, he looked at this group of children and he pulled me out of a crowd. He didn't know who I was. He didn't know that I was Pastor's uh, grandson or anything like that. He just pulled me away from this crowd, stood on his knee, and through a translator, I didn't speak English that time, he told me, young man, I just want you to know, God is going to do something special through you in your life. Hmm. And that, that was it, you know, and he, and he left. And you, I was you, like, weren't, you, know, you weren't afraid that he was going to eat you? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he had beard. He was like Santa Claus, you know. So it was, okay, it was okay. nice. Yeah. yeah. And this, wow. was like, this was like the first marker, you know, that eventually, yep. that time I didn't pay a lot of attention to that. But mm -hmm. later, when I um, when I started going more into the ministry, I started putting all those things together. Yeah. And God reminded me about this moment yeah. when I saw first converts coming, when I saw uh, God doing yeah. baptisms through our church and all of that. So yeah. this was like the first one. And then kind of uh, life was going on. I came to Christ and uh, I went to the army. This okay. time, army sounds really interesting in the context of what happens in Ukraine. Uh, uh, by God's provision, I got into the airborne, uh, mm -hmm. jumping from helicopters, all of that. And uh, after I came back from army, because in Ukraine, every young man is enlisted to go to the army for a year and a half. So after I came back from there, um, again, my grandma came on the stage my angel. Mm -hmm. She came and she said, hey, Sergey, do you, did you consider going to the Christian school, Christian education? I'm like, hmm, I didn't. And she gave, she hands me the magazine, you know, go and try that, you know. Yes. So, and uh, there was this advertisement about Kiev Christian University. And uh, I, I went and I entered and that's the place where I met Natasha, actually. Yeah. And that's the place where God started to sharpen my uh, my skills uh, about the gospel, about Bible knowledge, about practical things, and counseling, biblical counseling. So, like uh, at certain point of studying there with the group of many Christian young believers, you know, uh, after one of the services, this was like the second aha moment in my life, you know, when. I like to call those moment, aha moment. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when God told me, uh, like, you have to think about this more seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, after the service uh, in the student chapel, I was preaching and a couple people came to me after the uh, chapel and they said, Sergey, we really were touched by the message today. Were you ever thinking about becoming a pastor? And I'm like, hmm, interesting, <laughs> you know. Why not? Yeah. Why not? You know, not? this was a second time, you know, when yep. when kind of this dawned on me, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, something, something to think about. And I started to pray mm -hmm. uh, about this and uh, uh, time was going, passing by. And by the end of the fourth year study, I had clear, uh, clear uh, sense in my heart that God wants me to go into church planting. Mm hmm. And this was also uh, uh, kind of, uh, I had this feeling because during those four years, I've seen God 
working through my ministry. I've seen okay. young people coming to Christ. And when I see these factors coming together, like uh, people, uh, believers are uh, supporting me. They telling me that this is something that they encourage me in this direction. And then I hear maybe some kind of prophecy from this American, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then when I see results, fruits coming out of my ministry, and I see people coming to the Lord, and the fourth very big and important, I, I have a great joy when I see this happening. Mm -hmm. This really comes together as a calling. So... Yes. Um, this is this was the beginning of the uh, 17 year of ministry <clears throat> in wow. church plan. Hmm. And so Natasha, how did you know that you wanted to marry somebody called into church planting? Did you also feel called into church planting? You know what? When you are in love, you don't think about this. <laughs> you think it's just a joke. <laughs> so honestly, I I never was thinking about this seriously. Yeah, but. When it was our, I think, last year of education, mm -hmm. I was studying in Kiev Theological uh, University. Uh, we were doing internship in a small church, and we were we were invited to a bigger church, but we decided on purpose to serve in this small group uh, ministry and also Sergey preaching in the small church. So, and we helped with other ministries there. So we saw that. Uh, God is doing something through our ministry together. Yep. So and we just got into this flow and almost like what, how many years? 17 years we've been in the ministry together, even though it's not easy. Mm -hmm. I, I admire all pastors' family. Um, there are many things that they don't tell them church members, mm -hmm. but it's tiring. It's exciting, but it's also mm -hmm. something that, they the pastor they never have or the pastor's family they never have choice they have to be at the sunday service they have to pastor needs to preach um so it's it's not easy especially when you have three kids and busy family life and and job we had to work we weren't under the support uh, of our church because it's something different in ukraine so we had full-time jobs and trying to manage all these things so it was yeah. challenging sometimes we have this joke about pastoral ministry uh pastors and their wives they look like ducklings on the lake they they are so peaceful they look peaceful they, yeah. look peaceful. <laughs> they are so happy and just floating uh yeah. about the waters and but if you look under the waters, they are paddling as hard as they can. So this is the real life of a pastor. When yeah. you see them on Sunday mornings, every, they smile, you know, but yeah. they are saved and and all of that, you know. But mm -hmm. through the week, they have to battle through many things, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, we try not to be the, not to pretend we are perfect family because mm -hmm. everyone has their own challenges. Um, and I think from the biggest challenges, you have the biggest lessons in counseling and something that God does through you late, later. It's hard to receive those hard moments, like, for example, the loss that we are going right now through. Yeah. Uh, and we just move on with hope that one day God is going to show us why he's taking us through this road. So, yeah. Do you feel that you've gotten any sort of glimpse in a bigger purpose or maybe it's little lessons that you're learning in the season between 
going from and in case people didn't know your story, Ukraine to Romania to yes. deciding to go to Croatia, where a language you don't know, and then finding out your father Natasha has cancer, and then losing him four months later. So, where are you guys at in this season? How are you guys doing? What's helping you? What are the struggles? Uh, that's a that's a hard question, and it's not easy to answer on it because this is one of those moments uh, we find ourselves like uh, Job was in in the moment. You know, like uh, we have those still we still have those waves coming on us of grief. You know, emotions are coming on us. Sometimes anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. And so basically. Uh, this is like the moment when we are questioning God and why, why mm-hmm. did you do this? And uh, why this happened to us? Why this happened to our father? You know, because when this happens to other people, it's it's one thing. But when you are walking this path, you're really facing uh, those questions. But I want to say, I'm sure Sergei didn't mean we are not questioning God. Yeah. Because we know he's sovereign. He let these things happen and... We are not in heaven. And I told to my mom, um, it's very hard um, to lose someone. She lived with my dad, her husband, for 43 years. Mm-hmm. And I I keep telling her that God created us to live eternally. Mm-hmm. And when we have to say goodbye to each other here on earth, that hurts the most. Because mm-hmm. we want to live longer. So, And I'm saying to her and to myself as well. Mm-hmm. That God intended us to live, but because of sin, we see the result. So we believe one day uh, we will be with our dead and mm-hmm. with all believers, all, all brothers and sisters that we lost already on the way. At the same time, we see that um, even though it sounds strange, but God chose the perfect country and perfect church to place us in right now at that moment when we went into this battle for his life. Mm-hmm. for his father's life and he surrounded us with people that were able to uh encourage us. us serve us at that time and to be near us and with us at the moment when he was going to the lord we were mm-hmm. singing together a song when we were standing by his bed and so um basically we see that god he was even in this with us especially yeah. In this moment, but you know what is hard for me usually when a tragedy like this come to your family or come to your life uh people are here for a short period of time for you so what i would encourage other people our listeners if you have someone who lost their dear ones be with them as long as you can because pain is still there and it will hurt for many months maybe years and so right now to be honest i'm uh i feel i feel like we are sometimes by ourselves because people think okay it's it has been three months they should be get over like they should get over this but it it hurts so i would love to have more participation of church people in our life i have some close friends here but it's and it's also the difference between croatia and ukraine like ukraine we have people in ukraine they're very close they are attached to each other uh here what i see uh people are getting together as families so um like on 
Sunday service lunch they are getting with families. We are used to have people all the time coming to our house or getting to buffet with all like 70 people of our church eating. So we really miss it. Yes. So it's that's a hard period of time that we're in. Like in the summer, it's easy, but when it's rainy, we had 10, 10 days in a row raining. Oh. So it's crazy weather here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but at the same time, we have we have people that uh, hear God's voice and they are inviting us and touching us in the moments through. It's like God is touching our lives through them. And even today, uh, one of the brothers from the church, he called and said, you know, uh, Sergey, we really feel that we want to invite you and your family for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Would you like to come? Because we don't want you to be alone for this. Mm, you know, it's it it speaks a lot, you know, yeah. to us at this moment. So mm. I think that's just so real. That's going to be the the moments of just ups and downs, celebrating that and being thankful to God, but then also <clears throat> remembering people in Ukraine, like you said, the waves. I'm and then the first, it's the first Christmas, mm -hmm. it's the first New Year, th that. That's gonna be tough for a while, um, and I I admire your faith, and I also am thankful for your honesty. That it's it's tough because I think that's the reality. Mm -hmm. Um, what when you guys feel the most tempted to kind of get in a pit, stay in a pit, um, kind of mm -hmm. stay, maybe anger, feel bitter creeping in? What helps you guys the most? considering that you're out of routine, you don't have your normal comforts, your normal people, what is consistent, even though nothing else has been consistent this past year? Mm -hmm. uh, well, the first uh, few weeks were the hardest because if you go to church, everyone asks you, how are you? And everyone is like, uh, they really mean it. You know, they really want to help you, but you have to retell the same story again and again. And it's kind of, you have to leave it uh, through again and again you have to retell the details and this really it's like you are forgetting certain things you're trying to let them go but then when people come and they ask you again and again with good intentions it really hurts you mm -hmm. and uh, it, it sounds strange and the question would be should I come and ask how are you or not <laughs> but uh maybe in, in in such times the best thing would be just come and hug and, say, with and we pray for you you know we uh we we you are now mind you know and you don't need to explain anything this would be the best thing to do with a, someone who is losing and, and you know what i thought it's also nice to come uh, because there are people in this situation like us i'm sure but with different pain mm -hmm. so you can pet a person just on his back uh not lovely or soft but have a yeah. good nice pet <laughs> you can hear the noise yeah. so that helps you not to get and crying. yeah and talking about the second part of the question uh, what helped us to get through i think uh it's it's a big it's a huge thing that really uh, showed us that uh we saw the end of the light at the end of the tunnel and it's not the train that is coming you know it's 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 god giving us hope and we've seen it a lot through small group 
or believers, you know. Uh, here in Croatia, we we were encouraged and we loved to do this, to be a part of the uh, small group ministry. We were, uh, we became part of a small group uh, in this church where we are. And I was someone who was leading part of that group. And when we started uh to know people when we started to sing together, worship with them, uh, read the scripture together, even though it sounds so basic and so simple, coming back after those groups, it was a big momentum because uh, we felt like we are re uh, getting into a new different family. Uh, and this is so huge because uh, if you just go on Sunday to your church and you see people and it's just, a surface level you know you you don't really know what's happening but after the small group you know you we, feel like you know people yes and, mm -hmm. and they feel like they know you and this really helps you to to ask how are you on sunday with much deeper mm -hmm. level and you know so this was yeah. community christian community. and of course being together and kids you know uh, at certain moments when natasha is feeling this wave coming if Martin or Lucas or Timmy are around, you know, she just hugs them and, you know, it's, it fills her in. And, uh, mm -hmm. We pray together, you know, kind of basics of Christianity. But you we know. need to do it more. We need to do it more. Yes. We just talked about this this morning and Sergei yeah. brought the Bible as yes. well. And we had, you know, uh, through this time, we had to, um, we had to serve each other. Mostly I had to serve them my uh, natasha's mom and natasha i had to become and i have to become more a pastor to them hmm. uh, because uh, this was like uh, my pastoral ministry on practice i i in action <laughs> I, I when i when i see them going through difficulties i have to pray with them i have to open the scripture and read with them and talk about what Bible says where our father is right now, what is happening with him, you know, because we want to know mm. and, you know, kind of watching pictures together uh, and stuff like that. It, it really helps. It reminds me, <clears throat> Michael and I are reading through the book of Acts right now. And it reminds me of the early church in its mm. simplest form, what they yeah. did together. And in some ways it probably feels really good to get to the basics because you know in church things get so complicated this ministry that yes and it's mm -hmm. it is the basics Michael and I have been doing kind of a, a marriage I don't want to say series but talking about our marriage now you guys are in the fire with hardships so what have you found in your marriage that maybe has been a struggle you've overcome just things that you've had to do in order to keep the love and the warmth and the ser service, you know, open to serving each other instead of withdrawing to separate corners. Has this been a struggle or an area of strength for you guys? Um, I don't know. Can I say something? Of course. <laughs> um, actually, this morning we had some misunderstanding. No, better to say from last night we had some misunderstanding, like till 3 a.m., um, I wasn't happy with what Sergey did. And it was a basic thing. He took my washing machine to uh -huh. his mom. I know, to his mom, to the west part of Ukraine. And he didn't tell me. 
You know what I mean. So when yes. the war started, um, I had a washing machine there. So uh, he didn't tell me that he is planning. And I know that Sergei's mom had broken washing machine, but he didn't tell me. It's not yeah. like I want to have it, but at least could you please tell me that I would yeah. know if I come back, there is no washing machine or something. Yeah. So there are like minor things, but they if you don't talk about them, uh, you are losing the connection. Or, yeah the deepness of your relationships and we had a very good talk this morning maybe sometimes men they don't need this but for us to feel <laughs> secure uh, just to know that someone is listening to them or cares yeah. because that was my washing machine uh, yeah. and so it's it's hard to uh, lose each other in the crazy time I would say but there is one who brings us together it's God, of course, and you also have to make some efforts, some steps toward each other. Yeah. So, of course, Sergey apologized, <laughs> and I forgave him. Uh, yeah, that's a big thing, you know. You have to have a forgiven spirit uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, when you uh, took a long time together with each other, it's a, it's a. Often when people are entering into marriage, they think, oh, this is just a romance. It's it's a mm -hmm. time when I'm going to be uh, filled with this person because uh, because I love her and opposite. Yep. <laughs> but when you are entering into a relationship of marriage, uh, the big thing is to know that this is the person that God is going to change you through the most. And he's going to change her through you the most and this is so big and it's one thing when you teach this and preach this from the pulpit but when you are getting into this and you really feel like how God is changing you how he's uh chopping the chunks of you you know to okay. in order to kind of make you better so is person. it everything through me or no 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 <laughs> I mean both directions I I hope both directions <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes, yes. sometimes yeah. I want to ask him for forgiveness. Yes. And, and be fair. And you know, mm -hmm. one thing that really helped us a lot, and this is something we know we have to do, and we are going this way. When we are, when we went out from our country because of war, we lost uh, things that we. It's, it, that were bringing us stability. Like mm -hmm. uh, we had some routine that we were going through. We had places where we meet, where we, we had places where we ate and everything, mm. simple things. And uh, then we have to restart everything together. And we feel like when we are in this whole tornado, you know, you're really getting angry at each other, you know, because, yeah. uh, because everything is out of normal. Right. And so uh, this year we were trying to establish certain traditions like now it's advent time so we are we are we got the boxes of chocolate for our kids and we're doing this more for us than for them mm -hmm. even though we have to kind of um protect those boxes from them regularly you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we do this because uh when we meet together we light that candle and we read the bible story together and and pray together you know and talk about something that god is doing now God slowly gets us into this mode of normal, you know. You know, I heard the phrase once that we are not capable of uh, changing the world outside, 
but we can change the world inside us. Yeah. And, and keep telling this to myself and to my mom. So this world will be crazy world, you know, but you can control what's inside of you with your emotions, what words come out of your mouth. You know? Yes, yes. And <laughs> I think as Christians uh, and, and families, uh, we have to we have to really hold on for some something that is not movable. Uh, like uh, when COVID came, uh, we thought we all thought, "Wow, this is so hard. This is so hard." And then you know we kind of adjust to it slowly, and then and then war came, and it was like, "Whoa, COVID, let's come back to COVID." You know, let's come back. Yeah. To COVID, you know, uh, and then we ask the question, "God, what is next?" You know. Mm -hmm. and, we just trust that he has the best intentions for us. And yeah. we trust that Bible is true. We, we, we know it's true because we've seen many of his works in our life before. Mm -hmm. So we, we can hold on for them. And remind ourselves. And remind ourselves that yeah. it's the same God who was with us when we were going through the light. And now he's still here. So... What does life look like now in Croatia? Are you, I know you mentioned Ukraine and maybe we would go back. I know you don't know the language. Are you doing pastoral work? Uh, what's the living conditions life? What does life look like? Yes. Um, so it's rainy. <laughs> For 10 days. Literally. It's, it's depressing, honestly. And, and the... The sea is very far. People think, oh, they're in Croatia. It's, it is beautiful in Croatia when you are at the sea. But yes. Three or four hours from us, at least. Yes, oh, yes. No. So we are at the border uh, with Hungary. And Hungarians are not breathing really well toward Ukraine with all of that uh, mm -hmm. political uh, situation. I don't want to get into that. But anyway... Uh, right now, uh, because we were going through all this uh, stuff that was happening with our father and health issues, we mostly were trying to hold on for staying together, you know, and 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 striving inside, you know, kind of surviving, surviving mode. Yeah. Yes, yes, Surv yes. This is what we did. And while we were going through this, still we wanted to serve, you know, even though... Uh, we were like, we need to be served mm -hmm. too. But I was always open and meeting with pastor and talking with him about how can I plug in. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was invited to uh, share the word, preach, you know, in church, then mm -hmm. help with a small group, Bible studies, you know. And uh, in, in all of this, we had uh, meetings with church members when we felt like they are going through some difficulties, we would pray with them. And this wasn't like uh, intentional counseling, but this was like uh, when you when you are getting into the situation that you really see what person is going through, God uses the gift that you have and you just start applying it right away. Mm. So uh, at this moment, we are uh, we're just asking God question, what's next? Where do you want us to be? And uh, we... We are in the recovery mode now. Surviving mode is kind of slowly passing by, but we are trying to recover right now. Okay. Um, maybe I can share a little bit more about where we are and where do where we live. So right now we live in in a small house. Uh, it's a temporary place, and 
Uh, Sergey and I, we sleep on the first floor and kids are upstairs and our mom, my, my mom, uh, she lives with us. And so Sergey's dad came uh, to help because he's an engineer, as you remember in the oh, beginning yeah. of the interview. So um, we were able, um, through our friends, actually, I always keep telling them, it's not us, it's our friends, they helped us to purchase a very old hut yeah. uh, here and because the first original plan for our parents to move uh, there but right now it's just our mom so we are trying to do some renovation there it's yes. the house is in very bad condition mm -hmm. so we are trying to fix everything you know mm -hmm. the floor the windows the roof needs to be changed so and of course it helps us maybe to uh, change a picture. picture, you know. Yes. So Sergey is working a lot, and I still teach English online. Okay. But it's getting even harder because in Ukraine, uh, people have a lot of problems with electricity and internet. So sometimes when I start my lesson, I have seven students, and um, after five or ten minutes, I have just one because no. the electricity problems. So it also affects our life here. So kids. Um, Timmy, he goes to the first grade here in Croatian school. He picked up the language very quickly and he's the best, I would say. So <laughs> Lucas is walking already, you know, making some progress in little talking, eating very well. <laughs> Timmy just had his birthday yesterday. Yes. He just turned eight. Yes, yes. yes. So we, we, we invited many of his friends and uh, we had cakes. And this was another thing that kind of brought us some normal thing into our yep. life so uh we are thinking uh, of how to fix that house right now because uh we are here temporarily where we are and we feel like we cannot stay here forever mm -hmm. at this place where we are at this house and we we are putting our efforts there and trying to manage and do something uh, another thing that is really important for for our family is to place our mom somewhere so mm -hmm. she would have her own space and because we are reminded uh, maybe every every month couple of times that god said that it's not Jesus. good for for <laughs> you have to live and cleave you know leave and cleave. <laughs> <laughs> yes yep Yes, but remember, uh, yeah, the difference between in laws and outlaws. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah, yes. we're working especially in this house on one part that is going to be her room, yeah, with the separate entrance, you know, bathroom. Yes, and yeah. one of the big arguments was the door between uh, in the house where it's entering into her room should we put the bricks there or should we put the door door there you know and i'm i'm trying to persuade them so we can put the door and the bricks ready. you know I'm, yeah I'm, I'm ready for the wall <laughs> no it's my mom <laughs> oh that's funny are you ready for the wall Yes, yes, I'm yes. getting ready for that too. So <laughs> next month for sure. Yes. Yes. So. Each each month an extra brick gets added. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's just I think that's the reality of in you know, you're in a war you're coming from a war zone, but you still have the common frustrations. Yes. Some yes. things don't change. <laughs> We didn't leave them there in Ukraine. We no. brought them with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
That's true. So, so you talked a little bit about the kids. How are the kids doing? What do you, what have you learned um, in parenting your kids in this situation? Hmm. Uh, you know, they're doing crazy. <laughs> uh, we we are we are learning how to be parents of three boys, and we are reminding ourselves uh, like. We wanted to have a girl, no secret, you know. But but you know we had the third boy. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, he's amazing. Lucas of is uh, he's already starting to count the stairs. Uh even though he's only one year and uh, eight, eight six, six months. Yeah. Trying to say that. But uh, we are trying to learn not to yell at them, you know, because yelling is like, you know, it's a part of our life. But it seems to me they, the middle one, he just doesn't listen to us. He doesn't uh, care if you give him spanky or you yell. He is very stubborn. Yes. yes. And we remind ourselves that if God gave us three boys, then he knew that we can mm-hmm. do something with Survive. so uh, maybe you need two brick walls in your house uh, maybe (laughs) yeah so about parenting uh we see that you know we have to do with parenting what we learn already you have to look for those special windows that god is opening at certain moments because uh through the day when they are misbehaving or when they are doing something bad or or something else is happening, uh, you may not see those windows. But when they come, you have to be really ready for that window. And in most cases, this window uh, we notice is coming before they go to bed, like right before they go to bed. When they're looking for us to forward to hear a story, Bible story, or, or hear or read the book about fairy tale or something. They want to do anything, just not to go to bed, you know, and they are ready to listen to you very carefully. Even and even when you whisper. <laughs> yes, yes. So this is the moment when they really hear us. And that's when we pray about good behavior. When we when we ask them, what do you want to pray about? What was good during the day? We kind of recap all day and I think this is a special divine moment when we can speak to their hearts. And, uh, you know, we pray for them regularly. Uh, when when we pray every, every morning, when we eat together, we pray for what's going to happen today. You know, that God would give them good uh, behavior, all of that. So... And, you know, like we took them from the war zone. When we were leaving our house, we saw already tanks and military cars. So they saw, especially our oldest one, that something is going on. And we, we've we seen the signal rockets. Uh, and what we tried all the time, we tried to protect uh, their mind, their psychic, how do you say psychic, psych, like their souls. souls. And yeah. it wouldn't be a trauma. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that was one that was the biggest reason for us to flee from Ukraine. We didn't want our kids to have trauma, even though they still saw lots mm-hmm. of things and on the news we tried to protect them as well. At the moments when we serve them food, you know, 
if our Timmy, the oldest one, is the picky one. He's like, I don't like mushrooms. I don't like bananas. And I'm like, where are you taking this from? We all love mushrooms. We all love bananas. And uh, I don't like that kind of meat or, or, or something, you know. And what we do at certain moments like this, we, we remind them of what is happening now in Ukraine. We, mm -hmm. we tell them that there are kids that are uh, starving, sitting in the bomb shelters, uh, and they have no food. And at that moment, we see that like uh, mind come back to them, you know, to our children. They're like, oh, really? And so let's let's finish this plate, you know. And it's not just because mom cooks great, but we want them to know that this is something that God gives us and we right. have to value this. And, you know, there was a time when we were doing family counseling and we were telling, you know, and there is a phrase, family who prays together, they will stay together. Yeah. Uh, in our case, it's also we added family who eats together will stay together. Mm -hmm. So we always cherish breakfast, lunch and dinner together as a family. If we have a chance, yes, we always yes. try to be together. And yeah. Yeah, because this is when people open the most. Uh, and I, I know as a pastor, uh, there was this uh, great book. I don't remember the author anymore, but the book was named Eating Jesus, Eating His Way Through the uh, Gospel of uh, Mark. Mm -hmm. and, uh, what is that about? And <clears throat> anyway, uh, when you look at the Gospel of Mark, uh, Jesus is eating with people and this is yeah. he's eating from what and he's serving from one dinner from one lunch to another mm -hmm. and he's kind of going for wow. uh, those moments and you can really see that this is the moments when people were open the most and yeah because this is when they open up and yeah eat and they take their guard off yeah. so this is this is what's happening when we talk with our kids in Ukraine or Soviet post-Soviet Union countries. There was this phrase, "Когда я ем, я глухим". It means when I eat, I'm I'm deaf and I and I'm not talking. But this is this is something we go against with all our hearts because um, this is it was made in order for people not to choke, you know, when they eat. But in reality. It's probably often the the biggest time when you can talk with with your kids. Sergey has a whole theology class on eating, <laughs> so he can continue. <laughs> well, obviously, that American missionary from your childhood really, you know, impressed upon you. you in many ways. <laughs> yes, 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 that's true. So yeah. there's a lot of things we can talk about, but you know, it's it's life, and we are learning. Uh, our way how we can uh, serve mm -hmm. our kids because this is the age of opportunities right now for for when we see what's happening with them yeah it reminds me just the theme of this conversation is the basics mm -hmm. you're not doing more you're not going out to all this stuff it's the basics of community fellowship prayer eating being humbled <laughs> through our weak moments it's it's the basics and but but because you're surviving you have been in more of survival mode so it, it does it does make sense is there anything that you would say people 
outside of your situation, maybe even close to you, but specifically people like myself uh, in the U.S., how can we best support people like you, you specifically, um, you know, people in your situation? What have you found is the best support? Hmm. Um, You know, when, when Ukrainians are facing all this situation, I'm going to talk from our nation, if I can, you know, there is this whole thing that is uh, happening in Europe, when uh, they say, oh, we have the gas prices go up, you know, we have the electricity utilities go up. And at the same time, Ukrainians are paying the price with their blood, you know, or huge discomfort because they are displaced, lost their homes, uprooted, and all those terrible things that are happening. And to, I don't want to be too selfish, but in in this moments, many Ukrainians, they really need, again, the basics, you know, to start again. And often at this situation, before you get a normal job, before you get uh, into routine where you are, you just need basic support, you know, financial support. Uh, maybe it could be, it doesn't have to be big, you know, someone can can commit on 20 to $50 a month, you know, uh, and, and just be stable until they get uh, on their feet. Because, uh, you know, every country is different uh, how they host the uh, refugees. Like mm-hmm. we were told already about another country uh, that why don't you go there? Because if you go there, you'll have a pension, you'll have all of that. If you work there for three years, but we feel like God brought us here and we mm-hmm. we don't want to move in other direction at this yep. point. Uh, and even without looking at those other benefits, we could get somewhere else. It's like the grease is, grass is greener and mm-hmm. in the yard, you know. We feel like this is the place where we uh, belong right now at this moment. So providing for the basic needs. And of course, it's it's so important to pray for and just uh, ask, how are you doing? You know, and if you're next to pat on the back, you know, that's what we were saying. <laughs> yes, maybe you want to add something. I agree. <laughs> I agree. We are renovating this old hata. And we don't have enough resources, financial resources mm-hmm. to do this as quick as we could. Mm-hmm. The roof costs a lot and the flooring. So if someone will feel the desire to help us with a little donation, we would be very grateful for this as well. So we are trying not to hire people. So Sergey works hard with his dad in order to save some money that we can invest into the materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is it, you know, but in all of this, we we are not letting our hands down because we know that God is providing, He's taking care, and He's not gonna let us down. Mm-hmm. And uh, He already showed this in many ways, uh, through all this way, how we got here. Uh, in the previous story when Natasha was talking with you, I think she shared about the brother in Romania. Who, you mean Patrick? No, another brother. Oh, Did you share? 
Ben. No, no, no. Seriously. The car wash story. Uh, did no, you share that? I, I think I didn't. No. I don't remember it. it. It was an interesting story. So we've been in Romania for maybe a couple of weeks already. Mm-hmm. And when you have kids, three kids in the car driving a long time, you can imagine what's happening in the car. So, and I... Before we got kids, I was looking at someone else's car and I was saying, Sergey, our car will never be dirty like that. <laughs> so, and here we are with three kids and we are packed completely. And we knew that before we start moving or going to Croatia, we have to clean our car nicely from inside and out. And every time when we were going to the car wash, everything was occupied with people or the car wash wasn't working. And finally, we saw one car wash. Uh, So we came closer and they say, we have too many clients. And then I looked to other direction and I saw one guy washing someone's car. And I said, Sergey, can we go in his yard? yard. Yes. Maybe we can ask him. uh, Maybe he can wash our car. So it was in Arad. Romania. So we came and we spoke. Uh, he asked us where we are from and he said, okay, just wait for 20 minutes. So we sat in the car and we were so happy that he can finally wash it. Uh, so we pulled over. We, we got, got closer uh, to him and um, we took all our belongings out of the car and there was a big pile <laughs> that day. And put kids on the top of it. Yes. So <laughs> And then uh, one man was coming out of his house and he he saw us and he saw our plate numbers in the car and he saw that we are from Ukraine. So And he reached his hand uh, to Sergey and said, hello, my name is Emmanuel. Wow, we thought we didn't say anything. Uh, So we continued talking and then we said, you know, we are Christians. And and he said, you know what, just let it be a gift for you. We will wash your car just for free. And we were amazed Um, when you are on the road, when you're running from the country where war is. So that's that's a big blessing. And at the end of that story, he said, you know what? Uh, I want to take you to the gas station and to fill your tank, you know. Yeah, and when we got to the gas station, he uh, opened my uh, filler or how do you call it? I don't know in English, and he he started to fill the uh, tank with the gas, you know, and he wanted to fill it abundantly, you know. So people were getting angry at him at the gas station. (laughs) Then he took us to his bakery. So he brought us bread, you know. But this, uh, I think the amazing um, aha moment when was he introduced himself and it was a great reminder that God is with us. He's Emmanuel. Um, so that was like, you get goosebumps when you yeah. hear story. And there are many stories like this through this journey. Well, I hope you write them down and have some way to capture them, maybe. If you do write them down, we could have a podcast all about those <laughs> stories because that did, I mean, gosh, the minute you said Emmanuel, the tears just flowed because especially Christmas time, you know, God came <laughs> to be with us. And, yes, yes. and I think for me, my takeaway is how can I be Emmanuel to somebody mm-hmm. you know, in need like mm-hmm. that? That would be a good sermon. Yeah. <laughs> I would preach. So you take this idea. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Please do and then share it. So 
Yeah, well, we will definitely. I think last time I got a link. So either I'll, if there's, I could go back and get that one link. Otherwise you could send me your, was it PayPal link? Um, That, and then if there's, I think just because you're in another country, financial is the best way. I mean, it's not really convenient to send stuff probably. And when we are not lazy people, you know, we work hard and in Ukraine, we owned a private school, but obviously there is no school anymore. Mm -hmm. So we never had a need. I would say we were all the time uh, in the position of giving. Mm -hmm. We will appreciate someone's uh, support because of, again, of the electricity problem in Ukraine, we are not able to have so many students as we had before. Well, we will definitely be praying for your friends and family back in Ukraine as well. And if there's any specific prayer requests, just message me them and then I'll put those in. Yes, yes. Thank you, Anna. It was it was good to uh, meet you personally yeah. and talk with you. And I hope that uh, listeners of your podcast uh, today and in the future will get uh, the feeling that God is with them. You know? Yeah. It's it's so important. In every circumstance. Yeah. No, thank you guys so much for your time. I'm sure rest is important to you. So I hope you get some rest this Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. You guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you feel so led, please click on the GoFundMe link and help support Natasha and Sergey in building their house, maybe that brick wall even between the mother-in-law suite. But really, it'd be really great to bless them. So thank you guys. Maybe this can be a very Merry Christmas for them unexpectedly. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give Rise and Climb a five-star review or share it with someone you think who would equally enjoy it. If you also feel so led, you can support this podcast with either a one-time donation or monthly subscription to help pay for sound and editing equipment that helps produce more kingdom-driven and relevant-to-the-times content. God bless.